this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. And so this week, we are switching up a little bit where we are going with Q and A. And oftentimes, there's questions that I get asked, or there might be questions that perhaps you are wondering about. And so I thought, near the end of this series, why not jump in and ask some questions and give my attempt to the various answers. Now, I realize that that in many ways, the way that I answer this, we're going to kind of go through it fairly quickly. It might stimulate more questions, or you might want to have a bit more dialogue, which is in part the total point to all of this. I would love to connect more with you. And so if you want to send me an email or you ever have questions, I would love to dialogue with you through email. I'll jump on a Zoom link with you. What, whatever it might be, just, just send me an email because I think one of the things we have to break down, and I hope this series begins to show in this particular message, is that questions are an important part of life. Questions are an important part of faith, and, and I don't know where it started, but for some reason, people think, well, if I'm, if I'm a follower of Jesus, or if I'm really serious about my faith, I, I can't have questions, I can't have all the answers. Nothing could be further from the truth. I think people who ask questions are, live with a sense of curiosity, but also are incredibly humble. They, when you ask questions, it shows a sense of humility of saying, listen, listen, I don't know the answer, but I want to know more. When you start to look at Jesus' ministry, you, you see how much of his ministry were back and forth. People asking him questions and he is answering. And what you notice, what you notice is when people ask Jesus, he had an ability to see what is their posture? What is their motive? Were they actually interested in learning more? And so my hope is that we would use questions as a means of stepping closer and closer to Jesus. I mean, there was times questions, Jesus was asked questions about, about paying taxes. Jesus was asked questions about uh, eternal life. Jesus was asked questions all the time about, by his disciples when Jesus would be teaching the crowd and then they'd go off and they'd be alone together and they're like, Jesus, we, we have no idea what you're just talking about. Can you please explain it to us? And that's exactly what Jesus did. And so in the time that we have today, I'm going to answer three questions. Three questions that have come from, from various people, young people, older people, and we're just going to jump right in. And so I'm going to tell you what they are. Right off the hop, it deals with kind of the idea of, of what about science and faith? And so the question we're going to look at is, what does the Bible have to say about dinosaurs? Like, what does that all look like? Second question is about what happens with life after death? Like, does everyone go to heaven? Great, great question. And then and the third question is just the, the sovereignty of God. Like, is God really in control? And, and the question around this is, why does God allow suffering? Okay, so you with me? Listen, listen. I bet my answers are going to stimulate even more questions, maybe some pushback, maybe you want to disagree with me. So that is all good. We want dialogue as we jump in. So this first question actually came from our kids' ministry uh, about, about two weeks ago, where I don't know exactly everything they were talking about, but one of the questions from one of the kids is, what about dinosaurs? Does the Bible talk anything about dinosaurs? And this is a question that speaks to a greater question. And that is, how do you hold up faith and science at the same time? Like maybe for some of you think, well, if, if, if I believe in science, can I actually believe what is said in the Bible? Or if I, if I believe the Bible, do I just have to disregard science? And, and the simple answer is, 
is no, is no. But understand what the Bible is wanting us to know. Like, for example, when it comes to creation, oftentimes what science is wanting to ask is when did it happen and how did it happen? Great questions, important questions. But those aren't the primary questions that the Bible is attempting to address. The very first five words of the Bible in Genesis 1 verse 1 is this, in the beginning God created. Key words, key words when you know and you start to understand what is the Bible trying to convey to us. The Bible is less concerned around when did this all happen and more concerned around the why did it happen and who was the one making it happen. The who is in the beginning, God. And why? Well, that's the rest of the Bible. It's about God building a community. It's about God building a relationship with his people. And what you begin to see is that, is that, is that ultimately the Bible is about God's story. And so there's going to be things that, that, that science may ask and there may be questions that, that the Bible isn't going to give an answer to because that wasn't its primary purpose. I mean, there's, there's conversations that we can have around, is it a young earth, is it an old earth? I'm, I'm, I'm an old earth guy. Like when you start to look at the science, that's what we begin to see. So let's get more specific. What about dinosaurs? Like were there dinosaurs in the Bible? There are some Christians who believe that there is reference to dinosaurs in the Bible. In, in Job chapter 40 and 41, they speak about Leviathan and the behemoth. Now, some interpret that as, as like an elephant or a hippopotamus or a crocodile. Other scholars would interpret it as, as a more dinosaur-like type animal. Then there's other Christians who say, yes, we believe in dinosaurs, but they existed and then became extinct before humans walked on this earth. You're probably thinking, well, Joel, where'd you get this? Where'd you get this? Well, in the first couple of books of Genesis, we have the creation story. And it talks about the seven days of creation. And on the fifth day, God created animals, birds, fish in the seas. On the sixth day, God created man and woman in his own image. So how do you interpret those days? Was it like one day after the other? Like we know it was at 24 hours of time. I don't land on that camp. I believe that they were periods of time. And so what you begin to see is absolutely, absolutely there were dinosaurs, but they likely were extinct before, before God created man and woman in his own image. Here's the thing, that just simply because the Bible doesn't reference dinosaurs doesn't mean they don't or didn't exist. I'm sure you have more questions, but you got to email me to kind of jump into it. Second question that I often get asked, either as people are kind of wondering about it or, or are unsure about it, is like, does everyone go to heaven? I mean, we all know that we're going to live and then we're going to die. And oftentimes we don't really want to talk much about it. And so we make assumptions of, well, like, wait a second, everyone must go to heaven. Well, I would spin it back to you and ask you the question of, 
what is your version of heaven? Like, what does heaven look like to you? You see, different faiths and different religions have different understandings as to what happens when you die. And so if you're a Hindu, you believe in reincarnation. And so when you die, you come back in, in some greater or lesser form. Other faiths believe different things. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, well, what does the Bible teach us about life after death? Number of places we can go there, but place I want to land is in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 21. This is the book of the Bible that has been read more probably in the last couple of years because of COVID than probably any other time. And it's in Revelation 21, we're given this amazing image of what, of what life after death is going to be like. Verses three and four, this is what we read. He says, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. You see, I think sometimes when we think about heaven, we, we think that it's just going to be the eternal pleasure factory. That, that I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to get to do everything that I want to do. But I'm not really sure that's what the Bible teaches us. In this passage, we see two specific things. The first one is that there's going to be an absence of suffering. Did, did you see the imagery? You see, a lot of what the Bible teaches us about life after death, about what is yet to come, is this imagery that, that, that taking things that we do understand to help us understand something far greater and more mysterious. And so there's going to be no more pain. There's going to be no more suffering. There's going to be no more death. It's the absence of the things that we hate about this world about the brokenness of the world. But then there's a the second part, because I'm sure all of us are like, yeah, sign me up for that. I don't want pain. I don't want suffering. I don't want no more crying in my life. But then there's a the second thing. We're told it's going to be the ultimate presence of God. We're going to be with God for all of eternity. The Bible goes on to tell so much more about, about us offering our worship before him, that we're going to experience just the glory of God forever and ever. And so let me be blunt. Is that what you want? I mean, let me flip it on its head a little bit. If you're someone who hasn't really been interested in God or actually doesn't want God as a part of your life while you're living here on earth, why would you want God for all of eternity. To push it even further, that ultimately God has given us a choice to choose him. That why would it be a loving act of God to say, listen, listen, you've rejected me while you've lived here on earth, but now for all of eternity, guess what? You get me now forever. I believe life after death, as to what Christians believe, is a greater reality of the choice that we have made while we're living to choose to live with God through Jesus or not. We see this in John 3, 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And so the question quickly becomes, well, if you want God in your life, what does it begin to look like? How do you begin to allow Jesus to become a part of your life in everything that you do? 
I mean, there's much debate even within Christianity around, well, what does this perishing thing mean? But I believe ultimately this, is that if you choose to live life with God through Jesus on this earth, that you can be assured of his presence and his promise forever and ever. And so, does everyone go to heaven? Well, probably not. Because not everyone is choosing to live life with God in Jesus here on earth. Again, that, that may cause more questions. That, that may cause some, some anger, maybe some pushback. And would love to chat further with you. And so question number three, and we're going to wrap it up on this one. Is why does God allow suffering? This, this is a question that oftentimes we wrestle with on a, on a global perspective. When you see famine, when you see wars, when you see difficulties in the world, you're like, why does God allow this? But let's be honest, a lot of times we wrestle with it in a much more personal way. That, that, that when we have suffering, when we, when we have broken relationships, it's like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? The, the, the questions put up, why do bad things happen to good people? And I believe that regardless of what you believe about God, we have to come to a better understanding around suffering. You see, there, there can be a variety of reasons as to why there's suffering in this world. The number one reason is because of the brokenness and sin. Again, when you go back to the book of Genesis and you see this, this is beautiful image of God with Adam and Eve walking in the garden, yet God gives them a choice and because they chose to step away from what God wanted for them, we're told that sin entered the world and brokenness entered the world. Let's be honest. A lot of the suffering that we see in this world is because of poor choices, is because of selfishness, is because of the brokenness that we have in this world. But I get it. Not all of it. You know, one of, the, one of the most frustrating things about the Bible is so often people are asking this question around why. Like, why are bad things happening? God, why is this happening to me? And the frustrating thing is so often God never answers the why. And so I, I wonder about that. And I begin to wonder that, that maybe God not answering the why is actually a gift. Because even if you knew the why behind your suffering, would it take it away? Would it make it any easier? Probably not. It may even make your circumstances even harder. And so maybe it's a gift from God as to why he doesn't tell us the reason for suffering. But there's something more significant here. Because at the heart of Christianity is suffering. You see, as followers of Jesus, we worship a God who suffered for you and me. That's why, that's why the cross is, is at the center of what we believe. And that begins to tell me that in the midst of my suffering, I not only have a God who understands, but I have a God who is with me. And so maybe the question around why suffering is not the best question to ask. The better question is how. 
How do I respond to suffering? And for that, the Bible clearly points us to Jesus. Look to Jesus, the, the, the one that has not only suffered, but the one who is with us in our suffering. It's in the Bible that it, that it points to the hope that we have, that, that suffering can actually be a sense of bringing about redemption within us. And as I started with in the very beginning, that, that there is going to be a time when there's going to be no more suffering, when there's going to be no more pain, when there's going to be no more crying or no more tears. Listen, I, I realize that there's so much more that I could say that if we were sitting down in your living room or at your kitchen table, that, that there could be kind of a, a back and forth. And you're like, but, but what about this? Or what about that? And so again, I'm, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you. Ask me your questions. Send, send me an email. Get in touch with me and I will promise that I will respond. I will, I will set up a call. I'll set up a Zoom link, whatever it may be, so we can continue this conversation. Asking questions is one of the ways that we can live, one of the ways that we continue to learn. And so can I ask you, will you continue to ask questions? Will you continue to be curious, to to use your questions as a means to get closer to God and understanding more of Jesus? And, And last comment, don't be intimidated by people's questions towards you. That, that you don't have to sit there and think, listen, listen, if I go to church or I believe in Jesus, that I have to know all the answers to every question out there. Simple phrase that can get you into a great conversation. When someone asks you a question, don't fake it till you make it. Rather simply say, I don't know. Can I get back to you? I mean, this is pre-recorded, but on Sunday I'm going to be going live and there's going to be questions and there's a good chance there's going to be a question where my response is, listen, I... I don't know. Can I get back to you? And what that does is it begins to show a sense of authenticity. And it also gives you an opportunity to have an even greater conversation with them. So, hey, I'm so glad that you've jumped on with us today. I'm sure you have more questions. You might have different questions. We would love to keep this conversation going. But may your questions be an opportunity to draw you closer to Jesus. Let me pray. And so, Lord God, I'm I'm thankful for this day. I'm just thankful for those that are watching. And although I don't know their circumstances, you do. And maybe these are questions that hasn't really crossed their mind and not that worried about. But maybe they have other questions. And I just pray that you'd put people in their life, that there'd be opportunities for them to explore them, and learn more about your love for them. I pray for those that that maybe these are questions that they are struggling with here today. I pray that what I've said has brought clarity and not greater confusion, and that we can keep this conversation going. But God, in the midst of it all, I I just pray that we would know your goodness and your love in Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. And so now may God bless you. May God watch over you. May God fill you with a sense of peace and joy and love today and in all your tomorrows. Amen. 
our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.